0: This is the podcast where we talk about music ministry. We have a special guest for you today. You're listening to Noteworthy. Let's do this! For you are great and mighty, you sit upon the throne. For you are great and mighty, I worship you alone. For you are great and mighty, you sit upon the throne. For you are great and mighty, I worship you alone. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. I just... <laughs> I can't. I cannot deal with how incredible today' ep, today's episode is. I have a special guest with me this week. Um, me and my brother Ryan got to go hang out with him for over an hour. It was so cool. Today's guest is the one and only Mark Lee one of the founding members of Third Day. No, you did not mishear me. I am telling you the truth right now. I got to sit down with Mark Lee from one of the greatest bands of all time, Third Day. I still can't believe it happened. We had a great time. Mark is such a cool guy. I can't believe he agreed to meet with me. It says a lot about his heart for ministry and his love for god we got to hang out at his country club in marietta and we had coffee we were watching people play golf outside of the window it was so much fun i hope you're blessed here is your interview with mark lee he has some great advice and some awesome stories you guys enjoy my splendid All right. up. All right. Yeah, we're yeah. good. We got our coffee. All right, so we are here with Mark Lee, uh, a founding member of Third Day and just an all-around awesome dude from what I can tell so far. Uh, cool. And so, Mark, thank you so much for meeting with us today, man. We're here at the... Um, country club we got our coffee we look we look super fancy right now oh, it's hilarious. uh so bro thank you so much for meeting with us man. oh yeah absolutely yeah i'm excited about being part of your show here yeah it's an it's a new ministry we got going and so you are actually believe it or not we started with the top up you're our first interview oh, cool. okay. on the show oh, no, and it's going great. live so very cool uh what a cool way to get things rolling with get this. Get things
1: rolling, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be a part
0: of it. I got my brother Ryan here hanging out with me, and uh, he's a big fan too, so uh, we're just going to kind of jump in. I've got a bunch of questions, Okay. And, uh, they're they're just kind of open to whatever. Um, we're just wanting to get to know you and get to, you know, we've been following your ministry and your music ministry for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. Like, 25 years or something like that. Uh, I'm 27, so I guess I was two when this, <laughs> this started. Well, I'm only 28, so we were three when we started. This and. worked out so good then. Um, but so I kind of want to start off with um, what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of work our way back.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great, um, okay. But so you've got a new EP that came out this year. That's right, yeah. um, And that's called Unshakable Heart. And it's got five songs on it, mm-hmm. and I've been checking it out. I love it, man. Oh, thanks, and man. I appreciate it. it. I was excited. Um, actually, when you were doing your promos and getting ready to gear up for the EP, I was kind of following that, and I was so excited oh, cool. to see yeah. that you you were doing it. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, what is What does it feel like uh, to be kind of doing your own project? Because I know you've been in the band for so long. Yeah. Uh, what is it like? You know, you're singing now. Mm-hmm. I know you've always sang, but uh, but what's it like now that you're doing your own thing? Is it is it crazy different, or is it kind of its own thing by itself?
1: You know, I I, th- I would say um, it's it's definitely different, but I think it's uh, I think it's it's a cool thing on its own by itself. Um, I knew you know. So the third day we did our farewell tour back wow. in June. Wow. And uh, so knowing and so Mac and I open up for ourselves on the farewell tour. the third day did a big long set okay and then opening up Mac did a set of some new music and I did a set and did some new music and I shared stories from my, my book Hurt Road that came out last year yeah uh, so knowing that I was going to be doing that I had this built-in deadline that I had to get this done so wow um, I fortunately have a good friend Scotty Wilbanks plays keyboards with third day he's uh, okay. a great producer in his own right and uh, so enlisted the help of Scotty, went in and made the record, and really, really pleased with how everything turned out. I mean, if you listen to the five songs in there, you have, like, um, the the title track is kind of like the heart of the record, I feel like, and it's got almost this country kind of feel to it, and then you've got a song like Glorious One that yeah, is um, it's a great song. It's almost like got this alternative 90s rock kind of thing, which I love, mm-hmm. kind of sound so to it. Cool. And then those are kind of the extremes of it, and then you've got, like, everything... In between so I felt like uh, in those five songs I was able to really show like a bunch of different sides of, of what I'm all about so it's been cool to do you know obviously with Third Day we've had this huge long career yeah. but it's also been been cool and it's really surprised me at how you know even after doing 13 studio albums with Third Day that I still am able to find these different facets and different mm-hmm. sides That's of, so cool, of my kind of musical personality that I'm able to, to tap into on the record so wow
0: well you did a great job oh, and thanks, it's cool mark. it has um it has a, of course it has a third day vibe to it because yeah, yeah, it's got yeah. mark lee on it but um i think my favorite song uh is probably unshakable heart uh just because oh, yeah. i loved the it kind of had like a country vibe to it right yeah a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. um with your roots here in georgia does that that bleeds through into your music quite a bit oh oh yeah
1: absolutely and, and on a song like that i've started out you know the top of the song starts with pretty much just that acoustic guitar and that's how the song started and as we were building the song Scotty uh, and I were talking about it and we were like okay we could take this you know to a certain point it kind of stop and like kind of let it be that or we could take it to its natural end and put this real kind of Nashville kind of sound to it we we're like let's go ahead and do that it's it'll so be a lot cool. more fun yeah. to do that so I was uh You know, I was in high school, I was a big fan of, like, the 80s country kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Like the George Strait and Restless Heart and all that. And I feel like it's got just a little hint of that. And I I love that. It does.
0: And then um, the song, uh, I believe it's Do Not Be Afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This has this cool, like, 80s vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. With that kind of driving guitar. Yeah maybe a little bit of synth in there. Mm -hmm. I loved that track. Did you you write that? I did. And that was actually the first song that we
1: recorded. And I'm a big fan of, there's a guy David Gray, uh, who had that, I can't remember the name of the song now. My mind is not on today. But uh, where you have like an acoustic guitar going, and it's basically an acoustic song, but you have all these electronic elements going alongside it. I love those kinds of... uh, musical moments that's what i was trying to tap into on that song and i more than anything i, I love the message of that song so good. Um, it's something that has really been near to my heart for a long time as you know i've walked through many different seasons of you know being even going back years ago when i was a new parent which i'm sure you can relate to <laughs> right. of just yeah. you know when you enter into like a new season and then now as i'm going into embarking on kind of the post third day phase of things, you know, just going like anytime you are entering into a new season like that, you know, I, I always go back, I look at scripture and, you know, you look through and there's so many instances in the Bible that that phrase is used. Do not be afraid. Wow, right. And it's yeah. usually an angel is talking or a messenger from God talking to somebody. And it's usually right before God is about to do something really amazing. He's about to enter the story. Wow. And so I, I take great, Comfort in that, take great heart in that, knowing that you, yes, I'm going into this kind of uncharted wilderness kind of territory, but I know that God's there with me and I don't have to be afraid. So it's that's powerful. kind of the message it's that powerful. I really wanted to, you know, get out with that song.
0: That's so powerful, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. I'm a youth pastor, yeah. so oh, yeah, and then, of yeah. course, my brother Ryan, he's a, an, an assistant pastor, and so when I hear songs like that, I think of my students and, mm-hmm. um. Shout out to Aim Youth. You know, I think oh, yeah, of yeah. I think of um, these these kids and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And there's so much fear out there. Yeah. Um, there's so much going around. The news is crazy. It is. You can't yeah. even hardly look at the news without being discouraged. So when I hear songs like that, I just think, thank you, Lord, mm-hmm. for for people that are writing this. and yeah. And because c- I've discovered that music, my wife and I have got to record and and music reaches people that you can't always reach mm-hmm. maybe you won't yeah. have a conversation with them but somehow your music has reached them mm-hmm. and then so I'm having this uh, surreal moment right now because I'm thinking you know here I am with you yeah and um, your music has been ministering to me yeah for literally almost my entire life. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And I, yeah. I mean, literally. And mm. so to get to sit here with you and just talk about this mm. is just a testimony of how music impacts people. Absolutely. I mean, here yeah. we are here today, yeah. right now, getting to hang out with each other because of what, what music has done. Right. Yeah. And and then, uh, you know, good music is everywhere, but the fact that you use it to talk about jesus and talk about mm-hmm. your faith what yeah. a powerful thing yeah and so um in your uh ministry has there ever been pressure to uh stray from that or if if it was faith-based music because third day was a faith-based mm-hmm. band um after success or even now as your solo career was there ever a part in you that was it was hard there was pressure to stray from that or stray from your faith
1: well, I'm going to back up just a second. Cause yeah, I, I sure. love a couple of the points you hit on there. I, sure, I feel like when I was a teenager, um, I was excited about my faith and and wanted to start a band because myself and Mac, uh, our singer, you know, we wanted to share our faith through our music. And wow. it was such a, in a lot of ways, looking back, it was such a naive kind of thing because we didn't really know what we were doing. You know, to be 100 <laughs> percent honest. Yeah. But uh, but looking back, like I, I love that that we did that. I love that we kind of kind of heated that call on our lives uh, because I do I feel like um, music and this is going to sound cliche me saying this but I, I think it's really true music is is a language of the heart you know yeah, we're able yeah. to share things from our heart and communicate to people and reach people uh, in a way that you can't in really any other uh, medium and wow. so I love that you know when I was 18 years old I decided to do music and and went down that path and, you know we were You know, these young kids right out of high school, we were excited about our faith. We wanted to share that through music. Um, And through 27 years of Third Day, looking back, I feel like, yes, we went through different seasons where we maybe had a a different message that we wanted to share with people on a certain album or a tour. But through all of that, it was always just about that simple idea of just sharing our faith through our music. And hopefully, you know, we made some good music. Hopefully, we entertained people uh, through doing that. But ultimately, hopefully, we pointed people to God, and, and right. we able to encourage people in that. So that wow. was that was the goal, and you know, hopefully, you know, if anything, there, if there's a legacy from Third Day, I hope that, you know, people years from now they may not necessarily remember a, a specific song of ours, but they can go, hey, you know, I went to that show in Atlanta, I went to that show in Chicago, and you know, I really felt encouraged in my faith, and I took another step. But that's really what that's awesome. you know what we were all about as a band. And then I've totally forgotten the other, oh, no, the no. other question. You, no, you, you were asked. fine. No, I I was just
0: and it was just kind of a, a, a real question and I hope that's okay, but like, you know, if have you ever been in a situation where you felt pressure to not sing about your faith? Or maybe in, in the bigger yeah. audiences was the, I mean you're signed to label. Yes. Um, you've got a lot of people maybe that uh, aren't aren't men of faith, mm-hmm. but they're in the industry, yeah. did you ever butt heads with that in your we, career? We had
1: we had a couple of moments, and as you were talking about that, I talked about, uh, or thought about one. one instance in particular, when we were very first starting out, uh, and we got signed to Reunion Records, uh, still really great friends with a lot of the guys, still work with a lot of the guys that were, were on that team when we first started out, but we were doing this industry showcase right before our first album came out, and we were... Uh, Doing a show at a club in New Orleans, and we were the first act on the bill, and there were a couple of other artists. There was a country man called Black Hawk. Do you remember them years don't remember ago? That, they no. they were kind of the headliners of it, and we I remember distinctly having this conversation with uh, some of the guys at the record company, and they were it was they were their hearts were in the right place. They were just they were saying, you know, for this because there's going to be a lot of people here that aren't believers. You know, maybe you guys might want to, you know, just kind of play the music and maybe not talk as much between the songs. And and I just remember for us, especially at that point in time, we were like, no, we we don't want to do that because we feel like this is an opportunity that we have, that we can share our hearts with people that may not ever get a you know another chance to hear that. So in that moment, we decided that that's what we were going to do. And I feel like that really, in a lot of ways, set the tone for what Third Day was going to be all about. Now. All that being said, we've gone through other seasons where we were more deliberate. And this was not outside pressure. This was more from within the band. We did an album like Wire or an album like uh, maybe Miracle might be another one that I'm thinking about. Where We just felt for that season, we wanted to have an album that if you played it for somebody who wasn't a Christian, they could listen to it and go, man, this is some really good music. That maybe stirs up some things and gets them asking some questions, and then you know maybe they'll pick up another one of our albums that the message is more straightforward, and they'll they'll get that from there. But we definitely have had some seasons where we felt like we wanted to um, not be quite as direct with the message, but the message is always there, right? Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, we've we've at a couple different points felt a maybe a little bit of pressure, but it's never been any kind of real deliberate thing on the part of anybody that we've been working with. I felt like our, you know, record company management, everybody that's worked with us through the years have been very supportive and encouraging in in what we do. And they just have really been like, you know, wherever we are like during a certain season or album, uh, they want to support what the band is wanting to say during that time. So it's been a a good relationship. That's great.
0: You guys have done such a good job uh, at keeping it. The, the center of what you did. I mean, I yeah. felt like I know mean, you've got songs like Rockstar or whatever, but right, yeah. you guys did such a good job with keeping that the center of what you did. And yeah, I think yeah. I think everybody that listened to you guys mm-hmm. knew that. Um, and so, but I do want to talk about um, you've you've got a book. It, mm-hmm. it, did it come out in 2017? 2017, That's right. Okay, yeah. and so I I'm just now reading it. You're I good, just got yeah. my hands on it. Um, about. A little over halfway through it, I was really hoping I could finish it before I got to meet with you, but um, this book's called Hurt Road, mm-hmm. and it's so good, man. Oh, like, thanks. I'm, I'm just you like it. I, yeah. I love to read, and from your book, it sounds like you really love to read, I too. I do, too, yeah. And you, you have all these authors that you mentioned, like mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. and people that inspired you. I did not know you were a great writer. First of oh, all, thanks. Yeah. And then I looked at uh, I looked at the back, and I see people endorsing it, like Stephen Curtis Chapman mm-hmm. and Mike Libby Smith. And I think it was Stephen Curtis Chapman that said, um, "I knew he was a great guitarist. I knew he was a great writer, mm. great performer, but I did not know he was a great storyteller." Yeah. And right. bro, from the beginning of this book, it picks up, and I'll just do a little spoiler, and then I want you to tell me about it. Um, it, you get hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the book like starts with that. Yeah. I did not know this story. It's so cool that you have a book that mm-hmm. is telling this story. Tell us a little bit about this book and the journey that led you to do that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Like, as you said, I've always, um, always been really into books. I would dare say almost more than music. I've enjoyed wow. reading and books and that wow. whole world. My mom was actually a school librarian when I was a kid she's retired now but uh, she would bring books home for me all the time and so she'd bring the you know the first uh, Lord of the Rings book and I would read <laughs> it and you know a couple of days and be like alright I want to read the next one she'd bring that one home. so I've always been a huge fan of books and knew that at some point I wanted to write one and so we had about five years ago we had a break in our touring schedule and I said alright this is it I'm gonna quit talking about it I'm gonna sit down and write a book and I told my wife that. And I said that I'm going to write a book and it's going to be a fiction book. I want to write this kind of fantasy, like C.S. Lewis kind of thing. And she said, as only spouses can do, she said, you're stupid. <laughs> and,
0: and she said, not crazy that there's guy. not
1: that there's anything wrong with, with that idea, but you'd be crazy to not share your story. Write a book and share your story with people because she felt like, and I think she was right, that a lot of people can be encouraged by what I've gone through. Yes, I've. You know, had kind of sure. a different path than a lot of people, and then I've been, you know, in this rock band, which is, you know, a lot is different than you know maybe the normal thing. But I have a lot of experiences that I've been through that are common, I think, to everybody. And I think when people dig in and read my story, I'm hoping anyway that they can read their story uh, into into mine and and get something out of it and be encouraged. Um, yes, I did. I got hit by a truck. This isn't giving anything away because. It, this is the first, you know, this how the book starts. Right, yeah. You know, I, as I was writing this, and it's a memoir, and I've read so many of these, like, rock and roll memoirs where it'll start, and it'll, you know, say, you know, Gene Simmons was born in, you know, <laughs> 1954. I don't know why I'm saying Gene Simmons. I don't know where that came from. That's all right. Yeah. Just insert, you know, rock yeah. person here. <laughs> Uh, and, it, and they start out so boring. And I was like, okay, I want to start with some action. Yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> Instantly I'm going to start, start with the getting hit by the truck story. And then I'll <laughs> kind of go backwards and, you know, talk about my childhood and, you know, some important things that happened then. Uh, but I just felt like I wanted to draw people in with that story. But my hope is, and, and I actually am going to give away a little bit now. but so oh, I, it's fine. I got hit by a truck when I was a freshman in high school. Then when I was a sophomore, found out that my father had brain cancer. Then when I was a junior in high school, he passed away from brain cancer. So in a very short period of time, I had a whole lot of things, you know, just life events, big things happen that really affected who I am today. And so my hope is that somebody can read this book, and you may not have literally been hit by a truck like I did, did, but uh, that you can, you know, you've had a life experience. You've had something major happen. You know, that's the thing that we all have in common we all have these things like that whether it's you know death in the family or job loss or health issues finances whatever those things might be that we have these things that happen where you know you may not have been hit by a truck like I was but it feels like you were and so my hope is that I can encourage people uh and that I was able to lean on you know I call it the 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 theme I kind of hit on I call it landmarks where yeah um whether it's people in our lives or things events that happen in our lives whether they're talents that we have all kinds of different things I feel like those landmarks can help us they they kind of end up being like talents when we're going through a good season of life but then when we're going through a difficult season of life they come across as more uh, something that we can lean on to help us get through those dark times. (laughs)
0: you thank you, you're awesome. thank you. <laughs> we're getting our coffee we have got a refill here, on the coffee so we are good to go actually having that creamer while you're out if you can reach it i can we're just chilling here, drinking our coffee, having a good time. Yeah, man. Bro, you did a great job with the book. Oh, I, thanks, I'm yeah. definitely going to finish it um, in the next day or two. I, I have not been able, you can ask my wife. <laughs> I have not been able to put it down since I started oh, that's it. That's awesome, man. I'm I glad mean, to hear it. for real, bro. I started it, and I'm like, this guy is just great at telling a story. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. And, um, you know. Uh, people want to know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes it's hard. You know, you feel like nobody wants to know about what I've been through. But that's just not true, man. People want to know, and it ministers to them. And you're definitely doing that Mm -hmm. through your books. So I learned something interesting. And, Ryan, I think you'll find this interesting. Uh that you played what violin for 10 years before Actually, yeah. you played guitar? I,
1: I played violin from when I was about six years old, and I started playing, yeah, it was pretty close to 10 years. I started playing wow. guitar when I turned 15. My dad got me a, a guitar for my birthday, and that was when I started playing guitar. So I had a long time of playing violin, then I played the trombone in the marching band for many years, and so guitar was my third or fourth instrument wow
0: wow okay did you have a an acoustic, did he give you an acoustic guitar he did to start yeah with?
1: he did and it was interesting because you know I had got hit by the truck I missed a lot of school I was in and out of the hospital my injuries and so I was sitting at home and I would just this was back in the 80s when they actually played music videos on MTV so I'm watching uh these videos and my dad saw that and he was like son you could do that So he got me a guitar for my birthday, and that was
0: that kind of put me
1: on the path towards doing what I ended up doing now. So
0: that's so cool, man! So I'm like a um, orchestra nerd. I love I love the sound of an orchestra. Yeah. Um, my wife and I got to work with an orchestra on our newer song this year. Oh great, And yeah. there's something, I thought it was so cool that you played violin. First mm-hmm. of all, do you still play or did you kind of drop off that? I, I, <laughs> I hate to say it, that I dropped off. So I, I
1: played all the way through um, high school in the orchestra at school. And then I you know, got busy with doing the band and right. then college and you know all kinds of other things. And I put it down. Thinking, oh, I can always pick it back up one day. Well, my wife, as a surprise, got me a violin for Christmas about three years ago. Okay, cool. And so my kids are like, Daddy. Why don't you play the violin for us? Play a song. And so I get it out. In my mind, I still know how to play. Right. But mechanically, you know, the the physical side of it is not there at all. So I started playing. And I was like, this isn't great, but it's not that bad. And I look up at my kids with <laughs> their hands over their ears. I'm like, okay, I better practice. And unfortunately, I haven't practiced. so. Wow. But, uh, well, that's
0: cool, man, because... Uh, um there's something super cool that happens when a guitar and a violin start playing together. Yeah, I agree. It's rock and roll, man. Like yeah. it's really cool. So I thought I did not know that. I thought yeah. that was super interesting. Um, so now I want to kind of backtrack. I know we've, I know we've talked about it a little bit and mm-hmm. hit on it. Um, third Day is is such a huge part of your story that it's, oh, yeah, it's hard yeah. not to talk about. It. I know we have hit sure. on it, but. I love what you're doing right now, so I wanted to start hitting on the, the new project and yeah. the book and everything. But let's backtrack a little bit and talk about Third Day. Mm-hmm. Okay? Third Day. You guys are uh, really, I know you're you are a humble guy, and, and if, if you were here with us, you could see how humble Mark is. and That's one thing I, I really love about him so far. <laughs> the humility. It's just, <laughs> just coming the, through the, the pride of <laughs> <laughs> humility. No, I'm teasing. He's, he's just such a cool guy, but... So, but third day, I I know he'll he'll nod his head no. But they are legends uh, in the in the Christian music industry, and one of my favorite bands of all time always will be. Multiple Grammys, like a million Dove Awards, no exaggeration. (laughs) Well, a lot. I mean, uh, was it was it four Grammys or I think it's four four Grammys, Grammys, like like twenty Dove
1: something
2: Dove Awards. Yeah, Uh,
0: I mean, just incredible career. And, you know, and and I'll be the first. I told Ryan on my way here. I'm like, I hope you know that I'm gonna be a fangirl. I'm gonna tell him I'm a fan. Uh, uh, that's and hilarious. that's just it's okay. Yeah. But um, you know, this this band and what you guys did, uh, it it impacted me. It impacted millions of people. And uh, I have seen I've seen you guys. And Ryan's actually beat me on this. But I've seen you guys live in concert five times. Mm which I felt like was pretty cool. I've seen you guys at the Fox theater twice and later on, I have a couple questions about okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Ryan's seen you guys seven times. So oh, well, he's got, yeah, he has yeah. the Lord's number on me right now. That is a <laughs> perfect uh, number. Um, oh, you guys yeah. were incredible. We'd rock out, but we would feel the presence of God in mm. those concerts, mm-hmm. which was so important. Uh, I want you to tell me just a quick summary I know you've probably told this a hundred times and I don't want to bore you but just where did that spark start I know it was you and Mac Powell right yeah Um, where did this journey begin for you guys so
1: we uh, so Mac and I went to the same high school outside of Atlanta actually not far from where we are right now uh, called McEachern High School and we were both in the marching band together and we were I would say we were acquaintances I mean we weren't super great friends we knew each other and hung out in the same circles but i had uh this group of guys that pretty much every day after school we'd get together and just kind of jam everybody played guitar and then uh we found out there was going to be a talent show at the school we we're like we got to put together a group for the talent show and because i was in the marching band with mac they appointed me as the guy to invite mac to sing for the band we had all seen him sing at a school assembly and we're just floored with it i mean even when he was you know 16, 17 years Such old, a cool How, what voice. a great voice he had, so we were like, okay, we got to get that guy for a talent <laughs> show performance, right. so I uh, went to him during sc- in between classes, he was at his locker and we had this awkward teenage conversation, I was like, hey man, you want to join my band? <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me, kind of funny, and he said, I don't play guitar, because he knew that we had... It was me and all these other guys that played guitar. I guess he thought we were going to do some big guitar ensemble for the yeah. talent show. And I was like, no, man, we want you to sing. And his face just lit up, and he was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. So that was the beginning of Mac and I, uh, our sort of musical collaboration. For whatever reason, I don't know if because they saw us coming or what, but they ended up not doing the talent show. Oh, wow. So that, really? that whole thing kind of went away. But But us practicing for the talent show was the beginnings of us. Uh, being in a band together. And for a good while there, we were in this little band called Nuclear Hoedown. It was this, <laughs> I heard about ridiculous. that, yeah. yeah. yeah so it was this, That's so uh, cool. We just did like cover songs. And the kind of music that... You we know, were just playing everything that was on the radio back then. The kind of music that was on the radio back in the late 80s, early 90s, it was a lot of this pop metal kind of stuff. And the lyrics were really kind of raunchy. And so uh, Mac came to us one day, and he was... I, I was vaguely aware that he had had this sort of um, this resurgence like felt God drawing him back um, yeah. that he kind of had a spiritual renewal kind of thing but um, he came to us one day and he said I just really don't feel comfortable singing these lyrics and so wow. I'm going to have to quit the band and for me you know senior in high school it sounds ridiculous now but I was just crushed because yeah. that band was like the most important thing in my life sure. we had these You know, huge plans. We were going to do a tour of North Carolina. Yeah. Why North Carolina? I had no idea. (laughs) We didn't know anybody in North Carolina. But, you know, you see, like, you know, they've got the ACC and they've got, like, all these colleges up there. We're like, we're going to go do this big college tour in North Carolina. So that was the big plan. But but so I was so bummed that Nuclear Hoedown was breaking up. But Mac and I continued to hang out. And then I don't know how long ago it was or how long later it was, maybe a month later, I was hanging out over his house, and we were just having this conversation about, you know, we were at the end of high school and all these big decisions that we had to make. And both of us were really—I understood that he didn't want to be in the band anymore, but you know, I was—I was bummed about it. He was bummed about it too, that he wasn't able to to do music. Uh, And so I was like, "Why don't we start a Christian band?" And I don't know where that came from, uh, you know, where I got that idea. I was vaguely aware of bands like Petra and. Striper, you know, mm. that were that were on the scene then, but I didn't know that there was a whole Christian music section at the uh, yeah. at the music store. I didn't know that yeah. you could go to the Christian bookstore and they had all these CDs in the back that you could get. So we thought we were some kind of pioneers, you know. We <laughs> thought we were starting some yeah. kind of new genre. Yeah. We yeah. quickly found out that there were artists like Stephen Curtis Chapman and Michael W. Smith and Rich Mullins and um, we quickly became big fans of, of all of those guys and um it was really cool. We ended up being on a record company with all of them at various points in our career. So um, but yeah, that was that was kind of the beginnings of things. And as I sort of alluded to earlier, you know our we started a band because we were excited about our faith. We wanted to share our music or share our faith through our music. and uh, just through all the years, that's what I feel like we continue to do. Yeah. That was kind of the one constant, you know, yeah. through everything.
0: So good. so good. So you made an interesting statement um in your book and I know you were talking about like rock and roll bands so you weren't referring to third day, but it said a few friends got together and made some music and then they got famous oh, yeah. and it got really hard to handle the success okay mm-hmm. and I know you weren't talking about third day yeah. there but um so you're you're in third day uh, and after a certain amount of time I don't know how much time has passed but you guys are starting to, kind of skyrocket you're on charts Mm -hmm. people are starting to know who you are um when that transition happened from being you know a band that played in your garage or for Mm -hmm. the talent show and now all of a sudden you're you're a signed artist Mm -hmm. you're you're playing in front of thousands of people um did that did that quote from your book ever apply to you guys did you ever feel like um this is getting hard to handle like this this success oh, yeah. is getting oh, difficult. yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I that I used that that quote is is <clears> at <throat> the beginning when I'm talking about this something that we all do. I was a big fan of a show called Behind the Music it used uh-huh. to come on VH1 yeah. back in the day and it was every week they would talk about a different artist and they would uh, talk about their career and always, you know, you could insert the band but it was always the same story that you know, they start out making music because they yeah. you know, they love the music. They're these great friends, and then they have success, and it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. And then, but by the end, you know, everything's great, hunky dory, you know, whatever. Right. right. Um, and so, yeah, I would I would definitely say the third day. You know, as cliche as that uh, storyline is, I would definitely say that we had some of that. And the wire album, and particularly the song wire, I wrote the lyrics to that one, mm-hmm. really reflect. Song. Oh, thanks, man. It, that really reflects that that feeling of going, okay, you know, we started doing this for one reason. Uh, and now we're having all these other pressures, outside pressures on us. And on top of that, you, when you start, and it's, I'm greatly appreciative. I don't want this to come across no, wrong. Sure, but sure. When you start having fans, when you start having people that they're emotionally invested in it. And so they start having expectations of what you should be doing in any given time in addition to, you know, we went from being these single guys to all of us were married and now we've got this crazy schedule where we're gone all the time. You know, it just really was just a lot of pressure, you know, during that time. So that's, that's what, that's kind of the place that I was coming from when I wrote the song Wire. And we had, I would say it was probably about 2001, it was probably about five years after our first album came out. We really had to come to grips with, just that success, really. You know, when we... One year at the Dove Awards, we won five Dove Awards, including Artist of the Year. And when... We had always, like, kind of felt like we were sort of outsiders. But when you win Artist of the Year, you're not an outsider anymore. You're part of what's going on. And so I remember um, Ty, our bass player, we were hanging out, doing a show the next day after the Dove Awards. We were out in California. And he said... I love this quote. He said, now when people are making fun of Christian music they're making fun of us. Wow. And so we're like, okay, we've got got this sort of responsibility now, you know, and we have this platform. What are we going to do with it? And it was really from that conversation was the beginning of we started to get involved with groups like World Vision and Habitat for Humanity. So we felt like with all this attention being placed on us, we wanted to share that and point to other worthy causes that we felt were doing really great things around the world. So
0: yeah. So, with um, Wire, you guys released a live DVD of that, Mm -hmm. yeah. which I was just, I love, I think I got it for Christmas that year. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like, I I was writing Mm -hmm. out my Christmas list to Santa, and I was like, (laughs) you know, all I want is live wire, uh, and maybe like, you know, some guitar strings or whatever. But, um, so I got it for Christmas, and it had all these cool... uh, behind the scenes stuff on it. Yeah. And I think you I, you guys did a couple live you did a Revelations live album.
1: We did we um we did there was the live wire and then there was Live Revelations and then there's on our greatest hits there's several live
0: tracks. For right. That too. Okay so, and then of course offerings has offering, some live offering, stuff right and as well. so some of my when I when I watch live I'm just going back in my mind what, ten, fifteen years back mm-hmm. now at that point I'm just a very young teenager. Uh, and I'm and I'm watching these behind the scenes things, and I see you guys in the studio, and that was probably my favorite thing about oh, yeah. these these DVDs that would come out. Now DVDs are like old now. Everybody yeah. streams everything, yeah. but back then it was the thing, you know. And um, I see you guys in the studio, and I, I love watching that, and it kind of made me think of the question: When you guys are in the studio, you know, you've got a record label, you've got this expectation that you're Mm -hmm. just talking about from your fans and from the record label, Um, was the studio process, um, was it grueling? Was it fun? Was it stressful? Or was it just a little bit of of all of it? Because you guys are writing songs in the studio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's that like to have a a number on your head of what you're supposed to produce? And then you're in the studio and you're trying to get it out to the fans. What does that feel like?
1: I, I would say it's it's all of the above what, of what you're just saying. I, I think that one thing that we were able to do, and I, we were really blessed, just the timing of when we came into starting to do music professionally. There was still a thing called artist development and record companies. They still had a uh, they this encouraging atmosphere. They're very supportive of us. They knew that we were a young band, but they knew that if they gave us a chance that we would grow, and we did. And I, I feel very blessed and honored that they gave us that chance. I just don't think that young artists now get that chance. You know, they'll get signed, and then they'll the record company will put them with a producer, and they'll say, okay, well, these, these kids can't play their instruments, so we're going to bring in the professionals. And, and that's how a lot of records are made, unfortunately, nowadays. But we were blessed that our... Record company said, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna let these guys go in the studio, do their thing, let them learn, let them get better." So, um, you know, we when we went into now our our first album was just a, you know, kind of a collection of three or four different times that we had been in the studio and it got repackaged earlier in our career. Uh, That was that bus record, and then second album was really the first time that we were learning, you know, what a band is supposed to do when they're in the studio, and you have you know, a certain amount of time. And I almost, I don't think we really felt that much pressure then. I'd have to go back and think about it. It was really just more, this whole new world had been opened up to us, and we were just trying to figure that out. And I think it was really the third album when we were making time that we really started feeling like, okay, we we really need to produce something cool, something good on this album. And fortunately, we uh, teamed up with a guy named Monroe Jones, produced that album. He's done through the years probably five albums of ours, but he just did a really great job of creating this fun and comfortable atmosphere for us to just be creative. You know, and at that point in time, you know, we'd been in the studio for maybe a month combined in our lives at that point in time. We'd done shows for years, and so he was like, Well, if that's what they're comfortable doing, let's just let those guys set up in the studio like they would live. And so that's what we did just set up as a band, everybody in a room making music. And so we had this just fun kind of comfortable atmosphere. uh, And we were genuinely having fun making it. And I feel like that translated when you listen to that album, you hear that fun on there. And so I feel like through the years, you know, there would be different times that, you know, maybe we would try to record things a different way. I'm thinking about. The wire album we picked up and went to Memphis. There's a great producer that lived there at the time named Paul Ebersold. So we wanted to work with him. So we all had to pick up and like move to Memphis for a month. And so that was, you know, wow. when you're away from home. My uh, oldest daughter had just been born, like wow. a couple weeks before we went to the studio. So wow. I'm, you know, in Memphis, but I really want to be at home with my yeah. new daughter, yeah. you know. So a lot of times I have a hard time separating the the process of making the album from the product. You go back and listen to it uh, I'm thinking about um, revelation was another one like that we went out to California there's a producer out there named Howard Benson who's done a lot of really big rock albums especially around that time 10 years ago and you know to pick up and basically move to California for six weeks and work on a record it's just a difficult you know yeah. kind of you know we're already touring a lot and going from home a lot so to be out and you know in this other place and missing home you know it's hard to separate that from
0: yeah, the
1: end product but um so through through the years and through you know different recording times you know we would feel like pressure or you know maybe feel like a little bit more drudgery of that you know you got to punch the clock and you know go in there and record but I, I do feel like through all of that we we're able to maintain a good big-picture sense of what we were doing. You know, it can be easy to get bogged down in the details. Sure, yeah. I feel like we were able to have a good uh, sense of, of what the point of, was of why we were doing it. And I look back, and Revelation is probably, and Wire, too, those are two of my favorite albums. Okay. We had a hard time making those. They were just a difficult, you know, kind of process. Yeah, those are great albums,
0: yeah. which I was actually going to ask you, what's your favorite Oh yeah. What's, your favorite, yeah, what's album? your favorite album? Those are a little unique yeah. um compared to the other ones. So good. I wore those CDs out. Yeah. Um I I was thinking about cuz I mean what 13 albums? It's mm-hmm. a lot to yeah. pick from, so that's it a is. hard question. It but is. the um <clears throat> now I could be wrong about this, but the Wherever You Are album. Uh that was a that was a big album for you guys, right? Was, I mean yeah. it it uh you had Cry Out to Jesus on there. Uh, which is just one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. of all time. So powerful. And um, so with that album, where where were you guys at when you did Wherever You You know,
1: Are? if there was one album that we <clears throat> felt pressure on, maybe, in a way, maybe more than any other, it was Wherever You Are. Because okay, we had wow. done the Wire album. And, you know, I'd mentioned earlier about how we, on that album, we were very deliberate about writing that and sure. having lyrics and recording in a in a way that somebody that it maybe hasn't listened to Christian music can listen to it and still enjoy it and be drawn into it. Uh, as a result, you know, here we have a record that the lyrics aren't very straightforward, which is hard to get played on Christian radio. So we had one song called I Believe that did really well, mm-hmm. but other than that, we didn't really have much radio on that. So coming off of wire and then going into the recording of wherever you are we felt a little bit more pressure we felt pressured to go in the studio a little earlier than we normally would have we weren't quite prepared like I feel like some other times we have been so um, but through that I feel like yeah we've got crowd the Jesus is on there Tunnel is
2: a so great good. song Man. there's a
0: lot of really really good songs on that album I so, love that album yeah. and I it's it's hard though man it's hard to narrow it down. You it guys is, have a yeah. lot of music, but that that album I think the lyrics mm-hmm. of that album just really ministered to me. Um so so you're you're out of the studio now and you're touring these these albums that mm-hmm. that that have come out. I think I saw you guys and that might be why the wherever you are album is so Cool to me, because I mm-hmm. saw you guys when you were, when that album had just come out, and so you were doing all the songs off that. I think you were starting the show with Tunnel, and yeah. uh, such a great show. So when you play live, and Ryan and I were talking about this on the way here, and, and you might hate this question. <laughs> you don't <laughs> yeah. have to answer it if you don't want. But when you play live, um, you guys have this incredible live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, over your 25 years of, of playing together, what do you think is your most embarrassing moment? Oh, God. <laughs> so you're on stage, you've we've got thousands of people out there. I know there has to be some stories cuz you guys oh, yeah. were so active on the road. What are a couple of embarrassing moments that you guys experienced? I know you one
1: around? of those and maybe because we were just talking about the videos, but one of them got documented on film and I think it was on I don't remember if it was on Livewire or on Live Revelations. It was one we were doing a show in Chattanooga. And we had a film crew there. We were doing this big show, and we go out and we did started doing the first song, and then the power went out. Oh wow! And so man. that was that was a very frustrating you know kind of thing to happen <laughs> right there because we're you know here we are with this band. We've got this big you know we're <laughs> going to sh- do this video to show how awesome we are, <laughs> and then the power goes out. So th- I think that was definitely one. I've, I've had many like just idiotic things happen to me during shows of you know, falling down, you know, one time we were playing at a youth event, and they had this big rug on stage, and I was so excited <laughs> to run on stage and start doing the show that I ran, and I stopped on this rug, and they didn't have it taped down or anything, so when I stopped on this rug, it just, it, it sort of kept going, it kept going. <laughs> and next thing I know, I mean, it's the very beginning of the show, we're doing this big youth convention, and there's probably 2,000 kids there, and I just like just go down. No way. So, wow. That was pretty hilarious. There was another time that I used to do and I did on the farewell tour as kind of a throwback to how I used to do, but at the end of the show I would do this big salute and I would just hold it for like a minute, you know, as the rest of the bands walking on stage and stuff. Well I did that at a festival in Washington State and I'm holding the salute and then I walk off stage and I realize my fly was down. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, you know what? I bet nobody noticed. No big deal. But then about a year later, we were doing a show with the Newsboys. And I'm at catering backstage. And I look over, and Peter, the singer for the Newsboys, was talking to this lady. And they're both laughing and pointing at me. And I'm like, what in the world? And I walked up and come to find out she was in the process of telling him the story About how she was no at the way. show no. And wow. my wow. was on the
0: oh Oh man, wow Well That's hey, awesome. I'm, thank you for sharing that with us oh, yeah. I yeah. know that was probably hard <laughs> yeah. uh, But you know, people, they like to hear the human side oh, of yeah. what it is and There's a lot of that yeah. And I know it's a part of it But um, So I saw you guys uh, at the Fox It was one of the coolest shows I've ever been to First of all, the Fox is just an amazing place um, to play at. It is, Such yeah. a classy place, um, incredible atmosphere, and you guys are on tour with uh, with Stephen Curtis Chapman, a mm-hmm. legend. Yeah, uh, just you, and it's cool. You guys are like kind of doing each other's songs, and yeah. it's the most unique tour I've ever seen. It was so cool. Uh, what was your in your career? What was your wow moment like when you're you're on tour and you're touring with these legends like mm-hmm. Stephen Curtis Chapman or Michael W Smith? Because for that concert for us, we're we're geeking out because right. we're like yeah, yeah. two legends in the same yeah. show, you know, playing together. We're, I mean, me and uh, and and Ryan and and we're just there. Uh, nerding out big time. Yeah. Did you ever have a, a moment like that in your career where you're like, "Wow, I can't believe I'm I'm playing with this person right
1: now." Oh, oh yeah, I, I've had many of those. I know we very early on. I don't even know if our uh, second record was out or not. It may, it may have been out. It might have been in between Conspiracy Number no. Five and Time. We were on a multi artist compilation. It was a worship record called Exodus. Oh, yeah. And it was produced, and we did Ognew Day, and it was produced by Michael yeah. W. Smith. So he was producing it, and I've been on other albums where there's a, there's a producer. I've got the air quotes going. There's a producer. <laughs> right, right. Um, and they're not really all that actively involved, but Michael was very actively involved in that. Okay. And so there was a moment where it was, I'm sitting in a chair, just like we are right now. I've got a guitar, I'm sitting in a chair, and then two feet away, here's Michael W. Smith, who's one of my biggest musical heroes. And I had a Hard time like actually concentrating on playing my guitar and not thinking about the fact that I'm sitting two yeah. feet away from Michael Luffy Smith. So I've had several moments like that. Definitely the touring with Steven a couple of years ago that was a highlight for sure. That was a big honor. So cool. Man. He was one of the very first Christian artists that I really got into um, he's when a I was legend. in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's great. You know, Mac and I, you know, we. Went and saw Steven at Six Flags in Atlanta.
0: Do you get to know them real one-on-one when oh, you're yeah. on tour oh, together?
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We really enjoy it. I love touring. Uh, and the main reason, I just love, you know, hanging out with people. And, yeah, you get to spend a lot of time with those guys. We were on the same bus with Steven on that tour, so that was cool. Um, I think probably just from a straight musical moment standpoint, um, we did the live, Or uh, what was it, it was Live Revelations was the, DVD, but the tour was uh, "Music Builds" was the name of it, and it was us, Switchfoot, Jars of Clay, Robert Randolph. Wow. Red was on a few of those. Yeah, it was a really, really great show. But we did this thing uh, for the encore that all of the artists came out together and did a oh, U two song together. And so somebody posted a link to that on line the other day. It was on YouTube, and I watched that, and I completely forgotten we had even done that but I think if there's any kind of musical moment that might be it that was cool
0: that's amazing man you're uh... (coughs) oh sorry for the call no you're (laughs) fine you're you're a man of faith you're a family Mm -hmm. man Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's awesome how open you are about it what words of advice would you give someone on how to maintain uh, a spirit of humility in the midst of some success, mm. I, I think, and I would say this to
1: anybody, whether it's you know about success or failure or somewhere in between, I think just life, um, you you've got to have that active, daily relationship with Jesus. You know, it's it, if, yeah. if it's if you're not, you know, every day spending time in prayer, every day spending time in the Word. And if you're not having that informing the rest of your life, uh, there's something that I've, I've said uh, quite a bit lately, is that if you get your relationship with God right, wow. if you make that the most important thing in your life, then all of your other relationships in your life will take care of That's themselves, so or they'll fall into place. Yeah. And so I just feel like that is the, if there's one thing that I would say that we did through the years, is we always made a point, both individually and as a band, to focus on maintaining and, and actively having that that daily walk with
0: God wow. I think that's really so the key yeah. oh. you know you mentioned earlier sorry to jump in oh, yeah, yeah, right. you mentioned earlier how much you love to read and, mm-hmm. and obviously you're a writer and a songwriter and yeah. uh, I I could tell that even without you saying it because when you write your song lyrics are uh, they're deep mm-hmm. they're, they're profound oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. and and do you feel like that comes from your 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 reading and your daily uh, time Oh yeah. Word? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. I um I have a journal. Used to do just write in a notebook. Now I've got an app on my iPad sure. and so I'll just I'll write them, you know, in that and you know, it's very free form and th- there's been a, like do not be afraid, you know, we were talking about that song earlier. That started right. as me just writing in my journal, you know, and it was almost like you know I was reminded of all of the verses, you know, where that phrase gets used in scripture from doing the journal, and that was kind of the beginnings of of that song, so yeah, absolutely, and, I, and I'll a lot of times, you know, in my journal I'll just write about what I'm frustrated about, and then the, that frustration, a lot of times, will turn into prayer requests, and then I can, as I as time goes by and I, I live with those, uh, I can see that Something that I was frustrated with turn into prayer requests, and then I can look back, you know, a year or two later, and see where those prayers got answered. And wow. it's it's really cool. Wow. You know, you can look back, and I've heard I don't know who said this, but if you keep a journal, it's and you, if you look back at it, you can see yourself writing your story, and then you can see God writing His story alongside. It. Oh, it's just a neat. really, wow. really it's cool thing. So, that's and I, I, that's been a big. Big part of my daily faith, and it's informed definitely my songwriting. That's so, yep. I love that.
0: Yep. Uh, Show Me Your Glory, I think, is one of my favorite songs oh, yeah. of all yeah. time. Such oh, a deep song. Yeah, um, And I just love to, I, I love it when music and a deep lyric mm-hmm. connect together. Yeah. And you you do such a good job with that. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. I know this year has probably been a unique year for you. It has. Yeah. Uh, and so this. Um, this year, I think the all the, the fans, which they're, they're gomers, right? The right, third day yeah, fans are yeah, gomers. Yeah. So uh, I think everybody kind of, the music industry, gasped a little bit when they saw this announcement for the Farewell Tour. Mm-hmm. And I know myself, my my, uh, my friend Marte, he's a huge uh, fan of you guys, and we were like, we've got to go. This is yeah. going to be, this is good. oh, my goodness, they're announcing that this is their last time going out on tour. Um, I was like, we've got to go. And, of course, it sells out so fast. Yeah, I, I didn't get to go. But um, tell me about that. I mean, it, wasn't it your 25-year uh, anniversary it, tour?
1: Um, you know, it kind of depends on who you ask. Okay. we Because Mac and I started making music together in 91. David and Ty kind of joined. The, it was the end of 92, beginning of 93. So you could make a case for... You know, it being 25, 26, or 27 years. Wow, so, okay. But, oh, um, wow. Uh, but, yeah, so th- we... Um, and I'll just kind of back up, you know, just a little bit. No, sure, just yeah. talk about it. The so killer we, killer. you know, for the longest time, there were five of us. You know, we had myself and Brad played guitar. We had Ty, right. David, and Mac. And uh, Brad uh, departed the band in 08. And we had this you know, we really had this sort of come to Jesus time then. Cause it was like, you know, are we going to be able to keep doing this with the four of us? And we, it, you know, after some kind of soul searching for a couple months there, we, you know, went on tour and we found out, okay, we can do this with the four of us. So we went for seven years uh, with just four of us. We had, you know, Scotty and we had a different time. We had another guitar player with us on stage. And so we were able to, to do that. But then, we were about to go on tour of Australia about three or four years oh, ago cool. and Ty uh, came to us and he was like man I, I really you know instead of going on this tour I really need to be home with my family and we were like well of course you know family's first you do that and we over a couple of months we kind of all came to the realization that uh, he'd be better at home with his family and so he decided to uh, Leave the band at that point in time. So then we go from four to three, mm. and you know we start going. Was well, is three? Is that even really a band? You know, yeah. with four, you know, four you have all these great classic bands. bands uh, the four, yeah. the Beatles, you know, Van Halen, U two, you know, whatever four piece band. But going down to three is like, ah, I'm not really sure about that. So we took a yeah. took a little break. We took all of last year, all of twenty seventeen off. Well, and during that time. David, our drummer, comes to us and he says, You know what, I I really, you know, I kinda feel like I want to get off the road too. So that leaves Mac and myself going, Okay, (laughs) who wants to be Hall, (laughs) who (laughs) wants to be Oates, you know, that kind of thing. So so we decided, you know, not saying that we're gonna be done forever, yeah, but at least for now, for the foreseeable future, let's let's put this down, you know, sort of close this chapter and Yes, we could just make like a lame announcement and that be it. We were like, no, let's. We need to do a tour. We need to give people a chance to come see us again. So we did the farewell tour earlier this year. Did about twenty shows, and I think it was great. It was. I think it was great for us to kind of put closure on it, put sort of a bow on
0: things, and you know, give people a chance to come see us again. And it ended up being really cool. So was that an an emotional? I mean. And I'm not saying, like you said, it, it may just be a season, you know, yeah, yeah. but was that emotional for you when you're saying that it's this farewell tour and you've been a band for 25, 26, arguably 28 yeah, years? Yeah. Um, what was that like, that last show uh, of that farewell tour? What were your emotions there?
1: You know, what's funny is at the actual last show, it almost... It, it almost felt like we'd. Already, I, I can't explain it. We we did a show in Nashville. Was our second to last show, and that was the one that felt like the last show. And mm. I got pretty emotional on stage during that one. But the actual last show, uh, we were playing at Red Rocks, beautiful venue out in uh, Denver. Yeah. yeah. And it. I just remember that you know we're playing, and it was overcast, and then it, it started kind of misting a little bit during the show. Then it started raining a little bit, and I was. I was just kinda of thinking about that almost more than anything. I was thinking, Man, I hope that it doesn't rain you know? So and we kinda of got yeah. through the show and it wasn't until we did the very last song that it really hit me, like, Oh wow, this is you know, this is kinda of it and I had my family out there with me and uh, they were all standing over the side of the stage and I they all came up and gave me a hug. We had this little family hug. Oh and wow. That's that was kinda of the moment where it's like, Okay, this yeah. is this is sorta of it. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: They had to be emotional. I'm sure it's definitely definitely emotional, emotional for the yeah. whole the whole place but this is my last question oh, yeah, I know that yeah. I know that you need to go get the kids from school oh yeah no it. you're good man I got a few um, minutes this is great we're, we're here we're watching people playing golf outside the country <laughs> club <laughs> and it's just been so cool yeah. man yeah, but this I, is great. I, I, I just hang. have one last question I want to ask you and so this podcast is, is a new ministry yeah um, it's called Noteworthy because our goal is to encourage music ministers so it's a little yeah. pun you know Noteworthy yeah. and uh, and so, God has has used you in a mighty way through music ministry. Mm. Uh, he's uh-huh. used you. He's used the band, and, and now He's using you as as Mark Lee and your EP mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. even your book. Not just through music, but through your life. Yeah, um, you're ministering to people. Um, what advice? What would you leave with us? Uh, and I know this is a, a deep question. Yeah. Uh, but what advice would you leave to this generation of of believers, people of faith on how do you put Christ first uh, in your music ministry and more importantly just in your everyday life
2: hmm. Oh, I
0: think
1: uh, that probably the first thing I would say is to th- we have this tendency as, as I think Christians in general do this that you have a okay I have my church self I have my you know my Faith as a separate thing than the rest of my life. And I feel like as sort of professional Christians, for lack of a better way of putting that, that. we, um, that becomes, in a way, it becomes more pronounced in that we have like sort of, you know, for me, you have your time on stage and then you have like this off stage, you know, kind of downtime. Or it even could be a thing where, I'm almost having an argument with myself where, you know, it's almost like because you're a professional Christian, like that sort of colors all of the rest of your life. And it can be a thing where if you're not having success as a professional Christian, as a music minister, then that can taint your, your personal faith. And I think that's a real, real challenge that that we have to grapple with. And so, and I don't know that I necessarily have a a great answer for that, but I I do feel that uh, there's a phrase that I uh, sort of locked in on when I was writing the book called Moment by Moment Obedience. I heard this from a a pastor when we were on tour a few years ago, and I just love that thought that rather than us having a time where we, you know, maybe spend time in the Word, pray a little bit in the morning, we close our devotion book. We're like, all right, God, I got it. You know, the rest of the day, I'll kind of take care of things. If we really live out that, try to seek out living out that moment-by-moment kind of faith, then when we are in, you know, a a situation with our family or a situation, you know, at work, you know, we're dealing with some kind of crisis at, you know, whether it's our church or, you know, music ministry, whatever it might be, uh, then instead of going, well, you know, yeah, a couple of days ago I read this thing, you know, we're we're like going, "Okay, God, what do I need to do in this?" You know, we can really lean on him in that moment by moment, from moment moment to moment, you know, in the wow. in those times. And so I think if we really can let our faith inform not just the on-stage kind of time, but our entire lives, uh, that may be a way to sort of push back against that tendency to because if you let it, you can become you know, bitter, jaded, sure. and sure. especially, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and, um, you know, you hit the season of life where you start seeing younger people come up, and, uh, you know, you can be like Saul was in the Bible, and, you know, have David come along, and you literally lose your mind, <laughs> or you could go, you know what, this is all part of God's plan, and I need yes. to yeah. support, mentor, uh, try to help other people as they're coming up as, as yeah. younger younger generations coming up and support and be a part of that but in, in that moment by moment kind of faith we're able to do that and live out of that we're never like coasting on you know past things that have happened or resting on laurels we're always like in that moment trying to seek out God and what he has for us at that time right
0: yeah well that's powerful man bro thank you I'm going to interrupt you. Brian, go ahead. I have one last question. Yes, sir. Do your kids like your music? (laughs) You know what? Because I'm a dad. It's it's really funny.
1: Okay, so I'm going to tell a quick little story. The other day, uh, somebody on Facebook had asked this question about there's a little bit of studio banter in between a couple of songs on move. You have to turn your – it's at the end of what have you got to lose. You have to turn your volume up really loud on your stereo to be able to hear it. So I have – had forgotten about that. So I had it on and listened to that. And then I kind of forgot about it. And I have the autoplay thing where, like, when you get in the car, it'll just start playing whatever you listened to last. So I get in the car with my kids and it starts playing that whatever the next song is on the Move album. And I just remember them going, at first, they were like, Daddy, let's listen to something else. I was like, You know what? I hadn't heard this in a long time. Let's listen to it. And then they started going, Wow, this is really cool. No, that's great. So I've got. $2. I bet that was a good yeah. feeling. Yeah, and and they've been really supportive about it. I don't know that they fully understand, you know, that that what I have done is like very different. Yeah, especially when they were little, that I think they thought that everybody's dad was in a band. Yeah, it's normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. sure.
1: But uh, but as they've gotten older, I think they more and more, and you know, as they've seen friends of theirs at school or Third Day fans, and they're like, wow, so my daddy does that." That's that's really cool. So as they've gotten older, I think they've appreciated it more. Sure, yeah.
0: that's so that's cool, awesome. man. Yeah, love it. Well, man, I just want to say thank you so much for yeah, meeting man. with us. Yeah. Um, our listeners are going to love this. Oh great! And yeah, you're such a cool guy. Uh, you've you've done awesome things with your ministry. And uh, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen from here? Are you are you going to work on another album by yourself?
1: I am. Yeah, I'm going to do another uh, solo album that will hopefully be coming out. Um, early next year oh man that's that's the plan and I'm in the process of booking a bunch of shows uh, for the spring so Good. hopefully I'll be coming to a city near you that best. is yes yeah.
0: yes um, can you uh, let us know your your website so people yeah. can go check that if out if you go to
1: marklee.me marklee.me uh, there's you know you can find out stuff about me about my book about my music tour dates and you can find in- information if you want me to come to your church There's all kinds of stuff there. So check it out.
0: Yeah, Thanks so much, Mark. We appreciate it, man. All right. Yeah. Thank you. What an incredible opportunity. That's your interview with Mark Lee from third day. Y'all I'm telling you the truth. He was so humble, such a cool guy. And Mark, if you're listening to this, thanks so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to meet with me. And, I was blessed. I was blessed to get to sit with him. That's what Noteworthy is all about. And if you're listening today, I hope that you feel encouraged. And I hope that you know that God wants to use you. Don't wait for him to use somebody else. He wants to do it through you. God can move through you in a mighty way. He can move through every inadequacy, every inability. Jesus can use you. So thank you, Mark. Um, I I want to leave you with this song um, from his new EP. This song is called When the Rain Comes, and it's actually an old Third Day song that Mark redid. I want to leave you with this song featured on our podcast today. Thanks for joining in. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.
2: When the rain comes, it seems that everyone has gone away. When the night falls, you wonder if you should find some place to run and hide. Escape the pain, hiding such alone. I can't stop the rain from falling down on you again. I can't stop the rain, but I will hold you till it goes away. When the rain comes, you blame it on the things that you have done. When the storm fades, you know that rain must fall on everyone, so rest a while, it'll be alright, and no one loves you like I do, I can't stop the rain from falling down on I can't stop the rain, but I will hold you till it goes away. la di I can't stop the rain from falling down on you again. I can't stop the rain But I will hold you I can't stop the rain Falling down on you again I can't stop the rain But I will hold you till it goes away I will hold you till way pues...